You're listening to highlights from the creative process interview with Josh Pies. To listen to the full interview or hear more about the creative process projects, please visit www.creativeprocess.info. If you were part of the neighborhood, you were mostly protected. But anybody coming in from the outside um, was putting their life in their hands. And amidst that, there was also a very um, creative, uh, there was an incredible amount of creativity happening. Um, Artists could move there, um, and that's the reason uh, my mom moved there. My parents were divorced. I'll tell you about my dad. She was a painter and a poet. Right. And so she could have, you know, that was the cheapest place um, to live to get a, you know, a nice sized apartment. And in our apartment, it evolved to, um, we started having these shows where it was, a lot of people would refer to it as performance art, but just maybe every other Saturday night, about 40, uh, around 40 people would gather in our living room and we would do these performances and basically anybody could get up and do some kind of a performance and um you know i remember there was one guy he was this he was a taxi driver this guy billy and he would stop in uh he'd park his cab outside and he would he would stop in and he would do uh like a scene from waiting for godot and he would do like both characters Um, you know, and then he'd he'd get back in his cab and, you know, and take off. And, and some of it was very experimental and I was very, you know, very much a part of that, um, doing, you know, you know, acting in these little, um, scenes that we would create, um, you know, and, and it was a completely, um, non-judgmental environment where, anybody could just get up and and create my training was very uh you know when i went to college it was very stanislavski based right. and it was very much about like drawing on events in your past and aligning them with the scene that you were playing now and like you know drawing on these events in your life and trying to find alignment within the scene and it right. seemed very logical, hmm. but it wasn't interesting. It wasn't, you know, when I watched people do it, it was like, yeah, okay, you know, it makes sense for the scene, and maybe they had some real emotion, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it, for me as an actor, it, uh, it was, it separated me from the moment because I was, dredging things up to try to align them with what was happening. You were thinking and too much, mate. You it was making you think. I was thinking yeah. too much. Yeah, it was very, you know, it was it made so much sense, mm-hmm. but it was very heady. Yeah. And I had one teacher that had just come back from Poland who had worked with this guy Jerzy Grotowski, and she introduced that work to me and all of a sudden like I felt 
for the first time what it was like to be out of my head and fully in my body and fully present and fully open to the energetic impulses in my body. And then when I went into scene work, it was like everything was just there. Like I didn't have to, I didn't have to leave, um, I didn't have to leave what was current to do the work. And, you know, I think in this era that we're in, people are hungry for something truthful and immediate. The reason I started making that movie, and I shot it over a 10-year period, was I sensed that these amazing people that I grew up with, um, you know, and like some of them were con artists, some some of them were, you know, there was this guy Manny who was this, like the millionaire of the block and just owned all this property and had like piles of money and, you know, in suitcases. And, um, and he was like this total gangster, um, but he would walk around like a bum. Like he looked like, um, you know, and just, uh, just amazing characters. And I, and I knew that, um, I could sense that the East village was going to, it was starting to shift. It was like mm-hmm. early on, um, uh, y- you know, th- it was the beginning of gentrification in that area. And I, I just intuitively felt like these people, these characters um, were never going to, if I didn't document these characters, which are such a part of New York, mm-hmm. um, if I didn't capture them, they would, vanish forever and so I just started I just you know started filming them and interviewing them and hanging out with a lot of them people that I grew up with and um, and I, I just I didn't really know what I was doing I just it was just out of this sense that if I don't capture this it's going to be gone forever and um, about halfway through filming and I would just go out on the street with this tiny crew um, about halfway through the filming of that the biggest drug lord in the whole east coast um, a guy who had an operation out of a laundromat um, on 7th between B and C um, he as I was walking home one night I noticed he was walking ahead of me and then when there was nobody around he turned around and he said you know I respect you Um, and I was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I was Mm -hmm. Raphael in the Mm -hmm. original movie and so you know people knew me you know like that was like a big thing in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. Um, and he was like I respect you but if you keep filming um, you know I can't be responsible for what's going to happen to you you know and he was Uh basically threat threatening my life um, because he thought that I was trying to uncover his operation um, which I wasn't but there were so many people there was so much uh, connection between so many drug dealers and the police and everybody was in everybody's back pocket um, and there was so much corruption um, and and so he thought you know that what I was doing was to basically put him away like that's what 
somehow he got that in his head. And so he he threat you know, he basically yes. said, I'm gonna kill you if you keep filming and um and I went home and I, you know, videotaped myself. I said, This just happened, you know, in case he did kill me there'd be some record of it. And that's actually in the documentary that that clip. Um, but so I stopped filming because my son was just born and I stopped filming for several years and uh, Giuliani um, what, what, it doesn't even seem like it was the same Giuliani it wasn't the same Giuliani but yeah. he, he like swept out you know he put this guy away um, and the neighborhood kind of shifted almost overnight and um, and so I was able to document this shift over this 10-year period of filming. I, you know, didn't intend to film over 10 years, but I, you know, this guy, this drug dealer caused me to stop filming for a while. And then after he was put away, I carefully started filming again and ended up documenting, you know, this amazing transition in this neighborhood and also the impact on these, you know, old school New Yorkers that could now no longer live in their neighborhood because rents went so high. Um, and so, it, you know, it's a really impactful story of, uh, you know, on one level the neighborhood became, became safer, but on another level, all the character went away. Want to get involved with exhibitions or interviews? Email us at team at creativeprocess.info. Thank you for listening.